Hey up friends, how's it going? I'm still in the Seco. The good news is it's still snowing. I'm sure everybody's been on veritable tenter hooks worrying about that. And while we might not be yet at classic Japal levels, there's been a snow plenty and we've been getting right in amongst it. I'll chat more about that in housekeeping corner at the end. But in the meantime, let's go on with this week's episode, recorded about half an hour ago, actually, at my kitchen table here in Niseko. My guest this week is skier, snowboarder, surfer, photographer and filmmaker, Lena Stoffel. And there's a nice bit of background to this one. So myself and Lena don't know each other, really, but we've been messaging on and off over the last six months or so. We did briefly meet at the Kendall Film Festival, where she was showing a film, Circle of the Sun, but didn't have a huge amount of time to really do much other than say a quick hello. But we did sort of ascertain that we'd be both here in Niseko, hopefully. So we thought, all right, well, let's catch up then and try and record an episode while we were both in the same place. The idea was that we'd meet um, yesterday night. So yesterday I went off and did this backcountry um, hike with the Dragon Lodge boys, which saw us hike up um, a mountain that I can't pronounce to ride the North Face. And it was a great day out, really fun. Sun was out, good crew. A lot of hiking, a few turns. Anyway, who should we bump into at the top? Only bloody Lena, who, as you'll hear, decided to do the same mission with her boyfriend and friends. So we had a bit of a comedy like, oh, all right, how you doing? Did the North Face, hike back round again, and decided that we'd sit down today to record this episode. As you'll hear, funny old serendipitous life, eh? So that's what we did, covering her rich and varied career as one of the most quietly creative forces in skiing. Yeah, Lena is primarily a skier meaning this is the second skier I've had on the show. Save the looking forwards gags. I mean, I got about five of them last time and it's definitely not as funny as you think it is. Um, but yeah, Lena's a filmmaker as well as a skier and I admire the way she's putting herself out there with the projects. We do get into it in this conversation, but the fact is, as Lena's doing with her films, it does take some courage to explore the cultural hinterlands of skiing and snowboarding and to think beyond the usual trick porn and like, woohoo, we're in Japan sort of chat that you get from most of this stuff. I mean, the truth is that, you know, ultimately skiing and snowboarding, surfing, their experiences, it might be the biggest fucking cliche on the planet. But if you're a skier and a snowboarder, then you're also a traveler. Same with surfing, obviously. And those experiences are at least as important as the riding part, at least to me and I imagine to most people listening to this. So I doff my cap really to anybody who at least attempts to explore that territory, which is what she's been doing, as I say, in her film projects. There's been a series of projects and collaborations over the last few years, and they're starting to gain traction and find renown beyond our own narrow horizon, which is great. She's extremely humble, Lena, as you can hear, but as is often the case, there's a drive and creative ambition at work that is leading it onwards to ever more fascinating projects. And now I really enjoyed this one recorded on this lovely, snowy, calm afternoon in the Seco, and I hope you do too. So here it is. See you at the end. Nice one. Okay. Um, and if I go like that, it just means... Because people obviously do that all the yeah. time, you know. Um, but I just thought, um, obviously we talk about the film. Yes. Yeah, and the, the previous projects. But yeah, we'll just have a conversation. Yeah. See how we go. Cool. Um, <laughs> so I'm Alina, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, nice to see you. So we had a funny little coincidence yesterday, didn't we? Because we, so we've met once, we met at Kendall. 
very very briefly where you were showing the circle of the sun right and we i mean we met for like what one minute because i was leaving and then we've been emailing about possibly catching up in hokkaido and then we were talking about doing this podcast but we'd never actually really met we do this hike yesterday off the back of moiwa and anapuri what's the peak called do you remember uh iwaunapuri yeah yeah so we get to the top i was with the dragon lodge group that i'm with um and i didn't actually realize it was you at the top <laughs> and what and will was like are you all right and you were like yeah yeah i'm fine and you were like ah you matt like it's really yeah, pretty, I kinda, pretty I, random pretty random yeah i came came around and then i uh, saw a lot of english guys yeah. and i was wondering if you might be one of them yeah, <laughs> and then you like, came around surely <laughs> surely he's in with this english group surely yeah but yeah no it's fun day though right it was really fun yeah sunny and good snow and yeah, yeah beautiful so what made you decide to do that that route yesterday was that just a bit of a have you done have you done it before yeah i've done it last year um for the first time and yeah the last couple of years i spent quite a bit of time here so i got to know the area quite well and yeah yesterday it was really sunny so the north face of Iwanapuri is pretty nice. It's steep and it's north facing, obviously. So. Yeah, it was, the snow was all right, wasn't it? It was a little yeah. bit firm, maybe. Yeah, a bit wind affected, I yeah. guess. Yeah, but, but it was still, God, it was still fun. Yeah, like really it was still, fun. Yeah, and then we, did you do the the face down to the car park after that? Yes, exactly. So you went right, yeah. so like went right, because we followed you back up, went round the bowl. And then did you drop in that? We, right, we dropped Ridge. in that beautiful patch of snow we saw <laughs> when we just uh, got around the corner, yeah. Yeah. And then back to the car park. Yeah. Yeah, we did, like I was saying, we did the Anapori. So we hiked up Anapori. Well, I hiked, so it's just a walk, isn't it? Up to that peak. Rode down that face, two, two laps of that. How do you say it again? Iwaunapuri. Yeah, did two laps of that. Had an onsen and a beer. Um, and then hiked that little short hike back through Moira. I was pretty beat yeah. <laughs> by the end of that. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. So you're staying over in Moira? Um, I'm staying out there, yeah. Um, have a place there to, to um, stay for a couple of weeks, yeah. And where have you been, where have you been riding so far? Um, I've been riding in Moira and one day in Hanasono. Actually, when we arrived on Monday, it snowed maybe 50 centimeters yeah, almost was, overnight it, it was, was good beautiful. actually yeah so yeah. it was really deep the first day in i think we were both panicking weren't we because it's like every time i speak to somebody it becomes like it's an extra decade added to like the worst winter so when we got here it was like the worst winter for 15 years and then i spoke to somebody like two days ago like oh this is the worst winter for like 60 years you know yeah yeah people like who live here they say it's pretty bad i mean Still a lot of snow, but they just need a bigger base. Yeah. Have you seen it like this low before? Because no. you've been here a lot, haven't you? No, I haven't seen it that low before, no. Yeah. But yeah. it's been still been fun. I mean, yesterday was was good. And then that, that your first day when you were over in uh, Hanazona, we, we went did the back of Moira, which yeah. you did the next day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it's good. You just have to know a little bit where to go. It's a lot not of bushwhacking. Get, get end up in the, in the bushes. Yeah, yeah we, had, we, we all had a few hikes out, definitely. <laughs> and you were on a snowboard yesterday. Yes. Um, well, I'm, I'm a skier, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But, That's why um, I was quite... I mean, I know you do both, but I was... Yeah. I was was that just a fun day out to get on the snowshoes? And Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I... I 
got myself a little holiday here now and as I fell in love with snowboarding a couple of years ago actually here right um, okay trying uh, Gentim <laughs> right of the photographer I always work with here Aaron Jamieson yeah he let me try his big fish um, and I fell in love and I got hooked and right yeah so since uh, since then I, I kind of try and go snowboarding more and more and um, yeah it's a really nice change for me and good challenge and a lot of fun yeah so you improve so every day so it's like it's pretty well cool. it's kind of like surfing isn't it you know when you exactly. take when you take up i talk about this all the time on the podcast about how shit i'm at surfing but like you know it, that's one of the fun things isn't it because as you get older you just still progress whereas something you've done your whole life like you have with skiing you know it can be difficult to find those moments of progression as you get older i mean you have to find exactly. it in a, diff in a different way don't yeah, you yeah yeah you know? exactly and that's what i really like about um surfing because i definitely get worse at snowboarding every single year <laughs> i mean still love it obviously but it's yeah you have to try and find enjoyment in, in new ways in definitely new, in new things yeah 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 so that was a recent thing that was only like the last couple of years yeah last couple of years i think i remember when i um five years back maybe right. i didn't snowboard that well <laughs> right. and then i tried it here and yeah so ever since then i tried to progress and get better and yeah. yeah i'm okay i'm still cooking it sometimes yeah but yeah <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> me too i have fun yeah yeah so you know you haven't got a project plan this year um no not this year actually i'd finally just finished uh um circle of the sun kind yeah. of um it's online now for free and yeah now i kind of like breathe and, yeah um so yeah. How, long, how long did that take from start to finish then? um one year i guess right um I was planning it pretty short notice too, that trip to Norway. Um, and we went beginning of April. So, um, yeah, it's almost a year now. So you were up in Lofoten, basically. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because it's Unstadt, right? The, the yeah, surf spot. the surf spot is Unstadt, yeah. Yeah, you got that nice, didn't you? I got that really nice, Nice yeah. and fun. Like we, yeah, it's small and like super nice weather. It can be massive there, can't it? Yeah, yeah. we had it that, like that as well. Right, <laughs> how's that? Yeah, pretty uh, intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like the last day I remember was uh, pretty big and and but perfect and i watched it for too long i was like ah oh, should i go should i not should yeah I go? and then uh, the tide changes the wind got stronger and once i was in there it was yeah. howling winds and it's difficult yeah. that inner voice though when you stood watching surf that you know it's too big for you isn't it it's like oh i should go really and then at the yeah. same time it's like oh but fuck that it looks fucking massive kind of thing I had a similar thing in oregon in a few weeks back with some friends where it was just like way too big and i was like i'm not going out and they were all like oh you know maybe we could go out i was like nah i'm not doing that but that looked really fun that little right you were surfing yeah yeah it was really fun we got it uh, perfect like and no i think on that day we shot the most footage well there was a banquet slalom in the morning so all the locals went to the banquet slalom oh uh, really and right uh, so we had the wave <laughs> for so that's us. why it was so quiet as well because it's busy that wave isn't it yeah i mean the locals go surf when it's good so it's yeah it's not crazy busy but there's quite a few people yeah i met the guy maybe how Halvard. he's called the photographer yeah did, yeah did you meet yeah. him yeah i haven't met him up there but we're kind of like in contact yeah I, so i was there at the beginning of april and it was really bad the snow um it was super hard pack I was there for like three days 
surf is really good but we didn't we didn't end up going in just because we were busy doing other things um but yeah i really want to go back to unstadt the only time i've ever surfed in norway we went to stadt do you know where that is where jp solberg and no. mads jonsson live it's further south oh okay um well it's got another name as well hodavika it's called oh, okay yeah and it's completely flat i was there for a week and <laughs> yeah so got unfinished yeah. business with norway definitely yeah. so where did you get the idea for the for the project like to, to try and document the day um a couple of years back i did the first movie i did with aline um was called way north and we kind of did the similar thing um we went up there with the camper van and we got it okay but i kind of fell in love still with that place and yeah. i wanted it's always so wanted to go back so Just, beautiful isn't it yeah and um, I didn't really plan to make a movie out of that trip. I just, the first one? No, that one actually. Yeah. Now, Circle of oh, the okay, Sun right, was okay. like not planned as I'm going there to shoot a movie. Right. It was more like I want to go there and spend quite a bit of time, like no rush, like a couple of weeks. And yeah. Get some good footage just um, for whatever it will maybe be good for. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I went with Inigo Grasset, a young Spanish filmer. Yeah. I met surfing, actually. He's a Basque young filmer. Right, and he's he, a surf filmer. He's a surfer, yeah. He okay. snowboards as well, but right. um, more comes from the surfing side. So what, you met him on a trip down down that way? Uh, no, I met him actually surfing in the Mentawise. <laughs> oh, wow, nice. Yeah, um, he always shoots there in resorts. Right. And yeah, that's where we met. So he's like one of the local guys that shoots everybody. And yeah, exactly. Tells you that, so you can look at where you need to get better at surfing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Um, so and he was uh, he's super motivated and to learn more on the mountain too. So yeah, has he ever has he ever shot mountain then? Uh, yeah, a little bit. He spent also seasons in Whistler. Okay. Um, yeah, but still, he he was really stoked to come with us first to also see the Northern Lights and um yeah and learn on the mountain and so you invited him up and said let's just do this trip exactly and, and yeah. see if something exactly because exactly. i think you can tell that he's not come from and i think this is a, a good thing yeah like it, you can tell he's not come from that traditional filming ski and snowboard background which is pretty formulaic isn't it let's yeah. be honest you know there's a real style which is fine because yeah. that's the culture of of skiing and snowboarding and, and filmmaking in those cultures but i quite like the fact that he seemed to have a bit of a different eye and a bit of a different take yeah i think so too like i i really like to to bring in uh, photographers or filmers from another sport or i don't yeah. know just ha they have a different eye and yeah on things like yeah, and he's like so talented with the drone, and he was and oh, some amazing in shots the water, in there. and yeah, just also really good with his um, with his stuff. So he's like super organized. And yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Nice. So as the trip went on, you began to see, oh, okay, there's there's some because obviously you got really great conditions as well. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess we we arrived, and first night was already like northern lights going right. crazy, and nice. And then the first day we had waves and second day we got fresh snow and uh, yeah, it just turned out we've been so lucky. And I think the third day in we were like, oh, maybe we could go home now. Like we right. we ticked off so many things already. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. And then it got better and better and um, 
we've got sunsets sunsets on the mountains and yeah. sunsets in the ocean and yeah and then we we decided to make a movie because it would be a waste to to not use that footage in a way of telling a story too like because yeah. also for us it was a really special trip because we had such an amazing time like we had tears in our eyes almost almost every day because it was so beautiful <laughs> yeah well yeah. i mean you properly scored it didn't you yeah. which is and that place i think if you get it like that then there's definitely nowhere else like it in the world right because again when i was there it was amazing you know northern lights like did, we did a lot of split boarding and this you know it's beautiful but again it's a bit like oh you know with better snow you can just see how amazing this place would be exactly so yeah. when you do get it like that and you do and it all comes together i can totally believe that really um so did you have those lines had you have you been had you been before up there because there's a couple of obviously like pretty key lines in the in the project so did you did, did you know them or was it a lot of exploring on the no, spot no actually yeah um it was quite a bit of exploring no we didn't know many lines and that day we found that couloir we were just driving around actually and yeah we saw it uh, from the road and we didn't know if there was somebody who already went there or how you can get there or we just looked it up on the map and right see, see if we how close we can get with our camper van and yeah and yeah next day we ended up just hiking towards it and see seeing how it goes and then yeah we ended up on top of it yeah no it's beautiful and yeah we got super lucky i guess yeah punchy punchy climb up yeah for sure. also there were clouds around so you know you would not know if they close in yeah so yeah yeah super good and then did you have the concept did that come afterwards as you began to put the footage together so you were because obviously it's a really nice conceit the idea of showing what you can do in a day in, in that part of the world so when you got all these conditions and everything aligning that was when you began to think like oh okay so this is like quite a nice kind of um, format and theme that we can follow yeah i think uh, that came within the trip just uh, the way the day goes there with the sun and the sun is there so long and it's almost yeah this the name comes more from like the sun is not going over you in a half it goes around it? it goes yeah. around you almost well, so it, arctic circle you that's one of the first things you notice isn't it you exactly follow it above the horizon exactly like, and you yeah it goes around you almost yeah and um yeah and then just uh i wanted to tell in my words in the movie that this movie creating for me is a lot of struggle sometimes too like because i don't get a lot of support like budget wise and sure you know and then i'm trying to do it myself so it's like yeah yeah it's quite a challenge and i have quite some anxiety anxieties beforehand and in, in planning and yeah and then also doing it yeah but then but then you get rewarded and that's what also what pushes me the the experiences you have in the nature and with the friends you go with and yeah well, it seems like and you're it's so rewarding so it seems like you're um challenging yourself with each project because you mentioned is it is it aaron like yeah. your friend from hokkaido yeah. that you did way east with right Yeah, exactly um and that project what's that like three or four years old now yeah, which is which is great i actually rewatched it today and yeah. um that actually looked like a complete mission like so you basically 
presumably set off from quite close to where we were yesterday and then just went straight for the sea exactly yeah um and what's that like a three or four day trip yeah we had like four days i think yeah yeah that was also quite a challenge yeah but he and he did he um was he the main filmmaker on that did um, he film he no he was not filming matthias kugel was filming okay matthias but you but basically you but had you had a filmmaker with you and yes. you had a director and yeah um and it seems like from projects like that since then you've taken on more and more of the responsibility yourself you know like um you know you're editing you're filming you're presumably producing directing yeah i mean it's a big that's a pretty steep learning curve it's uh yeah it's really challenging but it's it's fun and it's also i don't know it comes naturally from from me because i like to push my filmmaking because i'm really passionate about filmmaking and also photography and and i want to be creative and i want to tell a story which is uh, meaningful or meaningful to me but also can be inspiring to to experience nature the way i love it and well it seems like you, you also focus on you know representing the diff the different cultural experiences that you have on these trips as well because that's another thing you know if we go back to what we were saying earlier about skiing snowboard films you know they're generally pretty dumb like and i don't and i mean that in the i don't mean that as an insulting thing because obviously you know that's what most people traditionally watch those films for to see you know really high level skiing and snowboarding but the reality is you do these trips and a huge part of it is the the cultural aspect of it and it's quite difficult to represent that in a way in a in a you know in a way that doesn't come across badly sometimes it's so it's a challenge to because you know sometimes you see those films and they can just be quite cringy because it's basically you know people blundering around the different culture and you know you know what i mean and like so it's a and boy it seems like you've purposely like taken that challenge on like if you look at way east you know there was a whole kind of theme in that film which is you know about what had happened at fukushima there's the you know the kind of environmental aspect the cultural aspect it's not and so you know you're already like taking on this big challenge of making the film but then to actually put in this extra layer is is also a further challenge in itself um is that, so i'm assuming that was a purposeful thing yeah i guess it started a bit with way east um because it was the f five years after fukushima yeah and uh yeah as we have quite a bit of a background with aaron living here f since a long time he could help a lot with people we could interview and like really um i would say authentic authentic people yeah um and also like for me it's really important not to come here with a big production you you sometimes they come for one week window you know like or two weeks and try to to film and smash all the shots and yep. be quick and with everything um and rather take time with a small production and um yeah spend time in the places you go and really yeah get to know the locals and and the, so have you got more confidence as you've done bigger projects with more responsibility to take on sort of bigger themes has that been something that's developed i, I would love to develop more actually i'm not quite brave enough to <laughs> to uh get on with like really um, uh, important topics maybe because yeah as you said it's really difficult to bring it across in the right way i guess 
Um, but that's something I really want to improve on or or that path I want to follow more, yeah. Did you have some sure. ideas in for the future? Um, no, not yet, to be honest. I mean, I've got a few few ideas, but um, now since I just finished Circle of the Sun, I'm kind of like um, slowing down a little bit. But yeah, well, you had a big promo round. Didn't yeah, you? exactly. Yeah, so you must have been stoked because obviously you did the film and it went down really really well you know you've done like the festival circuit um hence how we saw each other at candle and the response has been really great right yeah it's been it's been incredible like um i've been at the Banff festival not me personally but um the movie was at the Banff mountain film festival and it's also on the world tour now and then the candle one is obviously a big one in europe and yeah how's candle yeah it was fun um I went there for the whole time because I thought if I go, I take take it all in. Yeah. And then it was quite quite exhausting. Um, yeah, it's a full on event. Because you, I kind of <laughs> tried to choose the choose the movies I want to see, and uh, yeah, so I was running around and like, but it was good. And uh, the whole impression I had like after the four days was like pretty impressive, and I was really inspired because all the movies had quite a strong message environmentally and and also i felt like women were really strong represented yeah they work hard on that um, for sure as yeah. filmmakers but also as protagonists yeah and and i think that that's was my feeling and i was stoked about that yeah do you think yes. that's changing do you think there's there's more female voices becoming you know louder in 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 our culture yeah i mean i hope so um and i hope it's not in a in a way that is like you know, sometimes the feminism is a bit strong and a bit i don't know like i would almost say negatively uh in a way right but yeah i'm i'm hoping that more and more women do movies or tell a story or be be important and yeah. i guess that's coming yeah for sure so and have you always since you were because obviously you've been traveling your whole life really with skiing um, and you've got a big background in photography as well, right? So have you always kind of explored this creative territory as you've been doing this? I think not always. I think it came a little bit like after I stopped competing in Slopestyle and really went on those um, movie trips. Yeah. I guess I discovered more and more the, the photography part and the passion for photography before that i was more like um painting maybe sometimes my my mom paints a lot so she showed me a lot and right. i always had that creative eye yeah i guess and and then i kind of i've really enjoyed um taking pictures on my trips and i guess i everybody told me i have a really good eye right and um i guess i'm missing a little bit the technical side but i'm learning as i'm going sure. over the over the last couple of years so yeah i'm getting there so and i'm enjoying it yeah so where have you got the confidence to throw yourself into these because you mentioned that you find it it can cause anxiety essentially to um put yourself in this position where you're essentially out of your comfort zone really you know and you're putting yourself out there to you know pull a project like that together like as anyone who's ever tried to do any kind of creative project knows that's that's the battle that you have in your head isn't it really you know like well it's probably going to be shit 
but I'll never know unless I do it. And you have to get past that. And I, I personally think that's a, a big reason why a lot of people who have ideas don't follow those ideas through because they can't essentially battle through that that doubt and that level of anxiety. But you've managed to do that um, despite the fact that you it clearly, as you've kind of mentioned a couple of times, it's been quite difficult. So how have you how have you tackled that? Because that is a that is a key thing, isn't it? When you try and do this, yeah, I guess um, I don't know. Like I'm driven by by the adventure and the the outdoors and the the, the things I want to do. And then I'm also driven by my creativity. I want to tell a story and I want to do that. And then since my projects haven't been funded in a in a big way, um, I guess I probably didn't have much pressure in my background so i was right. like going more or less like try and error <laughs> yeah i just uh, went and tried and yeah um and then it kept going and kept going i sometimes don't know how i do those things i'm just like step by step and then in the end it kind of turns out good and it works out so also like with the with the voiceover i did and the writing I did, I, I just write on the way and I kind of keep going and sometimes I sit down and write and then in the end I put the paper away and after I edited it and after the music was there I said, oh, that fits actually perfectly. <laughs> and yeah, so. Well, the voiceover is, is a really good example because that's a pretty vulnerable place to be, you know, to, to actually... And again, it's pretty unusual in these projects, in our, in our, you know, ski snowball that we're talking about. You don't really tend to get that. You know, you, there's voiceover where it's like, hey, we went here and it was rad and like blah, blah, blah. But, you know, to actually try and do something different and put yourself out there. And and it, it is pretty vulnerable. And that must was that quite difficult to actually commit to that and to make that decision? Um, yeah, it is a little bit, but I guess I wouldn't um, put, the voiceover if I was not happy with the text confident. or the message I was bringing across so I put quite a bit of thought in the in the words I put in and how I mean them as well um, yeah but it's it's fun I, I really like it to think a little bit different and especially at with Circle of the Sun I really wanted to make it a bit of um, how do you say it, it's like a poem but it also has like a when you think about it, it has like you could transfer it to to other things like in life. Like it's it's not about the couloir or it's just a picture around it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not limited to the to the yeah. actual experience, yeah, basically. Exactly. Well, you mentioned the music and that's another thing that you've um another kind of extra layer of challenge that you've taken on because you've been working with different musicians to basically create specific scores as well right so you work with roaring yeah. right at sunset suns yeah and leanne curran you've worked with as well yes exactly like last year and how does that work when you get that those guys involved it works well i send them footage i'm really happy that they help me with that too yeah i mean obviously um, you know. obviously it's for them it's a work too and they they do me a great favor to help me with this too. yeah and um but they are also passionate about obviously surfing and 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 outdoors and and so when they see the footage and I ask them if they can help me, they are quite stoked and also challenged um, to to do something. 
special for yeah. for them and for me. Yeah, well, that's a diff. That's got to be a challenging brief for them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty challenging. And and the way we did it, I sent them the footage, basically, like some of the best footage. Um, and then I also went to France and s- really sat with them. Right. And sit behind Change, Rory and change that bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to want to be a little bit of this, a little yeah. bit of that, and so you had a really change that. You had a really clear idea of of what you were looking for. Not a clear idea, but just a few ideas. Yeah. And then the ideas of Rory came come in, and and then we like just taggle along. It goes actually quite quick. It's pretty impressive how he does it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you when you work, I've been lucky enough to work with very talented musicians over the years, and. Ah, it's, it's amazing yeah it's like it's, a, it's beautiful it's like being able to speak a new you know different language yeah, basically exactly. to be able to articulate yourself yeah in that way and that quickly as well yeah because it's you know you can obviously play an instrument but to actually create on the fly like that is yeah it's a different thing i think yeah, yeah. so you mentioned that um you've not really had a huge amount of support as well on these projects in terms of like I'm assuming you mean kind of industry support sponsorship and um have you tried to have you have you do you, do you go through that whole process of like trying to pitch people to raise money or the thing is like um with those projects I don't really plan them quite far ahead yeah so right to get on the kind of slate of yeah, yeah. and then it, then obviously I mean it's it's really hard to pitch a, a really big project and get big budget for it if you don't do it quite far ahead yeah so that's one problem um for sure and then also i quite like it like that too because i have a lot of freedom no pressure too as as i said before yeah which is important which is important and um for this project i got a little bit support after i finished the movie so right um that's maybe a way to go as well i don't know but yeah well i guess as well when you start to see some success with like film festivals and publicity that's definitely one way to get a few doors to open yeah i guess so too yeah maybe a bit more trust from i guess it's hard to to i mean there is not much budget in the in the uh, industry so it's it's i can understand like i think it's really important to do it that way personally because I think like there's there's an idea again going back to this idea of like if you have a creative idea you know paying for it is is as important as making it and having the idea because if you can't get it made then obviously it's it's not gonna it's just gonna be in your head or in a drawer or whatever and I do think there's like a culture of trying to get some you know like trying to get somebody to pay for it trying to you know as if like well if i pitch the right person with this idea then they're going to give me loads of money in it but it just isn't reality is it it's just not how it works really unless yeah. you're like very very fortunate um, yeah exactly i think the reality is the way that you're doing it i mean presumably you're kind of financing this out of your own kind of travel budgets and stuff yeah and, exactly travel budget and and using those opportunities that you've got as a as a professional athlete exactly to kind of do it that way and exactly yeah and that is a smart move really because you know you can get it made like you say you get the freedom to kind of see the vision that you've that you've got and then put it out there and and then if it's good and it's successful like circle of sun's been then 
it it follows doesn't it that's when that's when it comes then. yeah then then it, yeah for sure and yeah. i i like the way to do it like this as well like yeah well so i mean you know somebody skied your whole life and built a career it's kind of the hustle isn't it yeah it's what you need to do so you mentioned yeah. the slope style years earlier because obviously your career's it's been a it's changed because so was that how you originally saw your career when you were when you were younger did you think <laughs> the, did you think that was like the, the competitive ski career was what was going to happen not really i was like i don't know i went through all the uh, ski disciplines you can actually go to, through I, w I was an alpine racer when I was young, so I was in the German junior national team. Because where, where were you brought up? In south of Germany. Okay, so yeah. presumably you were on skis yeah. 18 all months. My, <laughs> yeah, all my, all my life. Right. Since my parents um, were ski teachers and they kind of took over the the trainers for the, the team, basically, when we right. were like young, my brother and I. Mm -hmm. And then I went through all that career until I was 17. So you went through and every discipline, basically. Yeah, and then after that, I went to Innsbruck to study, and I got into slope style skiing and also right. free riding. Um, and I followed that along quite a while and competed on international level. Like uh, I did the X Games in 2010 and 10. I think I yeah I was there for that. I think that might be when Jenny Jones did like yeah, maybe I think maybe, she was there. maybe won that year. Yeah. I mean, that's a big yeah. event, right? Yeah, that was quite a big. Ev that was my biggest event, right? Um, yeah, it was really exciting times and also fun times. So, were you trying to kind of were you on that like Olympic path, maybe? Yeah, I was. I was going for Sochi, right? Uh, trying to um, qualify for that, but the year after the X Games, I um, tore my ACL the first time, right? And then I kind of did rehab and tried to come back, and before Sochi, it happened again. So, right? Yeah, I had two quite big knee injuries and then before Sochi I was back on track it was okay my knee it was pretty good but then I I decided like my head was not really good enough to go over the big jumps and take yeah I know that feeling <laughs> yeah I mean yeah now I can't even imagine how I did that <laughs> really but uh yeah right and was that was but that I mean it was fun it was back then it was good was that um how did you feel when you made that had that realization uh, and how old were you because that can feel like i'm not i'm not saying it did but it could feel like failure you know it could feel like ah okay like this this isn't working out the way that i thought it might yeah a little bit it it did but then at the same time i went through two big knee injuries and i didn't want to happen yeah to happen again and yeah my body just didn't feel right anymore in my mind yeah to do that and to keep up with the young girls who who are progressing like crazy yeah that's certainly true <laughs> and uh yeah so i felt good with the decision yeah um after i made that decision i actually finished my state approved ski teacher so okay uh, i had time to do things like that and then and then i went on the movie trip with uh for way north so that was the year we, ah, we, right, we okay. kind of started our aline and, my, and me we started our filmmaking career yeah, yeah. so you so did you see that as a as a path that you could follow yeah oh for sure yeah as something also which i like to do the most like yeah. skiing powder and go well, free riding and well, filming yeah. and, and, and 
like we've been saying, experience different cultures. Exactly. And so, so it, it's actually, w- yeah, couldn't have gone a better way. It was um, was it was it difficult to to kind of get support on that path? No, actually, it was quite fine. We were surprised too. Like we kind of because that was the year Aline also decided to stop because she had a quite a big knee injury as well and we uh, wanted to do a movie project just to yeah make something really special and it worked out well and then we we did way east the next year and it worked out even better and yeah. and we got quite good support from our sponsors i think it's uh it got more and more important to tell stories and create create a good pictures and yeah or or live a lifestyle which is um meaningful to tell and yeah i think so yeah. i think because the the culture's kind of almost got into two strands now really hasn't it you know yeah, the competitive exactly. side and way then, more like the diverse or yeah like obviously you know it's almost especially in snowboarding it's almost got more polarized now whereas like there is a competitive path and then there is like a filming storytelling path if you like um i don't really know enough about skiing to sort of comment on that but like it it seems to have got wider that gap in you know in snowboarding for sure and i think you're right i think if you can have a like a an idea and a way of telling stories that's that's a way to stand out isn't it almost you know and kind of have a something a bit more unique really yeah exactly and also i don't know it makes it a bit more meaningful what we do we can tell a story and kids and kids and people are inspired hopefully and and you can you can make a difference if you if you tell the right story i guess and is that something that you kind of think is important with what you do like you use the word meaningful which is pretty interesting because obviously traveling around skiing and snowboarding it's kind of not the most um well it's quite can be quite a self-centered thing to do you know can be quite a selfish thing to do and you know i think everybody that does it for a long time has to kind of square that idea in some way you know like this is a lot of fun but is is it maybe like a bit pointless you know yeah exactly is that a way of kind of try to square that one a little bit yeah yeah i think that's um that would maybe or hopefully every athlete goes through you see it also with Elias Elhard with his movie and and I th- I think a lot of uh, athletes going that path want want to tell tell a more meaningful story and and try and try and do something with what we can do with our amazing job we have <laughs> <laughs> yeah an opportunity yeah Elias is a really good example actually isn't he because he's definitely on the quiet producing a really interesting and unique sort of body of work really isn't he with last two films like just completely different perspective exactly yeah on on the whole experience of it and also finding a really appreciative audience i think is there anybody else that you think is making interesting work right now um oh that's a question yeah i guess there's many uh but i can't point out right yeah i think i've been i've been a big supporter to think about it yeah (laughs) i think elias is definitely kind of leading the way a little bit on that 
Um, it'd be interesting to see if anybody else sort of follows yeah. really. Yeah, I, I watched a movie of Nicholas Walken the other day. Yeah, um, I watched that. Turn Turn of Mind. Yeah, and he did Far From Home last year. Yeah, 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 exactly. I like I like that approach a lot too. It's it's also like with trying to connect more with nature and trying to yeah tell that story that what it what the connection to nature can actually give you and um and that it's really worth it to protect it yeah right that's that's also my my vision because nature gives me so much so yeah are you involved in the kind of you know there's an increase in environmental um lobbying side to ski and snowboarding right now um you know people try to raise like more and more awareness to the to the issues you, do you have any involvement in that obviously i w- want to get more involved i'm not a political person i really have to say i'm um that's why i'm like a bit scared of taking that path of being like a activist or how you call it <laughs> but i want to as i said i really want to get more involved and i want to tell a story and try and also personally get a lifestyle which is more environmental friendly yeah and um but uh but mainly i want to tell the message that that we have such a beautiful world and beautiful nature and that yeah maybe some people don't see that enough i don't know (laughs) but i want to tell that story yeah and and show how beautiful the world is and yeah, I think there's definitely a few people out there that aren't seeing that message for sure. Yeah. Um, and you see surfing is obviously something that's become like super important. Um, so when did that sort of come into your life? Is that quite recent? Or? No, surfing was actually after I graduated school. I went to Portugal for oh, right, okay. half a year. So, so, oh, right, so that's been... when I started surfing. Right. And um, and then ever since then, I, I went back surfing as much as I can in the summers. And obviously with being sponsored by Roxy, I have uh, quite a good connection to France and um, can spend quite a bit of time there. And yeah, so it's been 10 years, over 10 years. Right. I've, I'm surfing, yeah. And do you find it complements skiing and snowboarding? Um, snowboarding for sure, skiing as well. Um, but that's why i kind of fell in love with snowboarding now too right um because it transfers a little bit more the feeling but also the approach as we talked before that um, a day would be maybe boring on skis for me now but on a snowboard it's just pretty amazing because i learned so much and yeah so it's a little bit similar for me the surfing and the snowboarding do you find that um because what I really find is that surfing, snowboarding is great because you can you can try and do things that you probably couldn't do on a surfboard. But equally, it helps surfing because, and again, I talk about this all the time, but like, you know, surfing is just turning, isn't it? Basically, you know, it's just like a turn, like a good turn. And that's what it comes down to. Like the act of board sports in its kind of, most simple form really which obviously makes sense since it's the original one um i really like the fact that that they complement each other in that way personally because it for me it just means that i appreciate different aspects of of each activity as i get older if that makes sense yeah i guess for me it's also like i guess me snowboarding it's more like um i try to to 
surf the mountain basically yeah i see the mountain as like the terrain i see it more that how can i find a wave where i can do a turn or yeah something like that and that also helps me in my skiing i think because i look at the mountain differently um, you do yeah it's okay. funny like a skier's line is a different line than than a snowboarder maybe would go down and if you if you kind of get that vision of a snowboarder into a skier right skiers line it helps my my way of looking at the terrain that's interesting yeah make it more so it feels like surfing right <laughs> that's really interesting i mean obviously you can see at face value that you know if you watch a skier and a snowboarder do a line yeah it's different like yeah, you can see exactly. that um but i never really thought about that relationship before I, i guess it's quite rare as well that you get people that are doing the three at the same level that you are as well it's not that common i don't think not really that common yeah you know i mean i think everybody can do each activity to a certain level but to actually be pushing your snowboard in as much as you are is alongside your skiing is is, is pretty rare how, how do you decide yeah. then how do you decide what to yeah it's really hard now <laughs> yeah I, i bet it is i guess now here in japan um i'm a little bit on a holiday for two weeks now so i'm you're snowboarding i'm snowboarding um just because it's a lot of fun and the terrain here is mellow and yeah. the snow is good and it's, it's perfect for snowboarding yeah so yeah i do that but then i really enjoy skiing too when the terrain gets a bit more difficult and yeah steeper and longer runs and if you've got to get shots presumably yeah and uh, and then sometimes i'm like going back on my skis and i'm like oh my god i can actually ski so well it's so much fun yeah. you know like i don't have to think about anything you don't have to worry I'm about like, how you're gonna get over there yeah exactly <laughs> and on, on, on the snowboard I, yesterday i was struggling quite a bit i was like oh man i wish i was on my skis yeah it would be so much easier it's funny when you because whenever i ski i'm like i mean i'm a fucking terrible skier but like you just take for granted that you can go anywhere you want don't you yeah it's it's true it's really strange like yeah there's so much more hustle involved sometimes yeah especially in the backcountry i i guess yeah definitely the snowboard but yeah. um it's also rewarding too as, yeah as with everything the struggle yeah you have is being rewarded yeah definitely yeah so you um you're gonna head north after this yes on the island mm -hmm. where are you on, gonna go uh, to asaidake okay in furano gegend in a furano area so how yeah. far is that from here that's maybe four hours drive okay depending on the roads yeah yeah and just again just a bit of exploring yeah a bit of exploring and just to have a change from here and i think there's a little bit more snow because it's higher altitude yeah yeah so we'll and, see. and then back to innsbruck after that now actually aline is coming oh aline right okay it's coming on the first and my boyfriend flies home on the first and i get her on the first so you'll be back here i will be back in niseko and actually we yeah we're staying at the gentem house ah, and nice. she rides for gentem yeah sure and i'm lucky enough to get boards from gentem yeah too, i'd so. love to have a go on those boards yeah so yeah i'm stoked yeah right spend spend time with her it's been, been a while have actually. you been out with the gentem guys not yet but i hope to to get out with them when yeah, she's here then that'd be rad wouldn't it yeah maybe even surfing one day yeah I heard there's has been good waves the last couple of days. It's not that far from here, is it? No, it's not. Have you surfed here? 
not around here, but on the way east trip. Yeah, you went you surfed in the north on the island. Yeah, it looked fun as well. It looked quite big actually. Couple yeah, of it was. We got we got lucky. We got good waves mm. when we were here. Yeah. And then, what's the plan when you get back to Europe? Um, Apart uh, from hope, it's snowed. Hope it snowed. Yeah, hope to get some maybe a bit more ski touring in a bit more high, higher alpine stuff and yeah we'll see and then i have an exhibition actually planned in march april oh photography yes oh wow um, rad what is that in innsbruck in innsbruck yeah in the warehouse i don't know if you heard about that it's a i might have been there where yeah, is it it's in in the corner at the maria theresienstrasse i think i've been there yeah, yeah they have like a coffee and it's a it's a clothing shop but they have like a hairdresser upstairs yeah, and been the there. coffee It's kind of like an RE space. Exactly, isn't it? yeah. They yeah. have like um, exhibitions all the time. And yeah, I'm lucky enough to um, exhibit my photos from Japan, actually. Nice. From two years ago or something. I right. went with Erin. I went on a trip to Eastern Hokkaido and sh- shoot landscape, basically, and wildlife, foxes and. Oh, those, is that the where you got the shots? crested cranes and... Is yeah. that where you got the shots from in Winter Fox? Yes. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's exactly. some really lovely wildlife shots in there, isn't there? Exactly, yeah. Right. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, good. I'm I'm getting there. I have all my prints ready. Yeah. And yeah, now I have to choose some for the Facebook invitations and stuff. I, I get it ready soon, so it will be announced soon. And are you going to do like a launch? And yeah, they do a, always. They do like a vernissage. Yeah. Um, it's on the sixth of March, and I'm going to show Winter Fox there too. Yeah. And nice. Yeah. That's so great. Fun little thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I also got protect our winters on board for that event, so a percentage of my selling, if somebody wants to buy a a uh, print we'll of me we'll go <laughs> goes to, to protect our winters yeah so when's that what date uh 6th of march okay yeah nice yeah well, uh, send me a link yeah i will i'll, uh, I will. I'll put it up cool. yeah well thanks for doing it yeah thank you yeah thank no you. worries so there you go that was me and lena stoffel i hope you enjoyed it always nice when those long gestated podcast plans come to fruition which is segue alert funny actually Because this has been one of those trips where a couple of my long planned for episodes haven't actually happened. I mean, I came over here with a possible five on the cards, which is probably pushing it since I'm supposed to be on holiday. But I'm now down to two and I've only actually managed to do one. So the the second one might actually get binned at this rate. Thing is, that's the way it goes sometimes. And to be honest, the absolute nightmare I have booking guests is probably the biggest pain in the arse part about putting this whole thing together. And I've not chatted about this for a while. So forgive me if one can of post-episode recording Asahi in, I warm to my theme a little bit. So sure, the podcast is growing every episode and is, you know, it's getting a good reputation. And sure, there are guests like Nicholas Muller, for example, who are high profile and know the podcast and are really stoked to record an episode. But that exalted rich role Mark Maron must do podcast of the action sports world status is still a little while away, I fear. So take the other day. So I was walking up to the gondola in the Hirafu to go riding. And I, who do I walk past? Only Joel motherfucking Parkinson. Uh, it was definitely him as a quick Instagram stalk confirmed. 
you know, and obviously Joel Parkinson's somebody that I definitely want to speak to for the podcast. I imagine he'd be a very popular guest with people out there. And also, what are the chances of me and Paco being in the same place at the same time? So I thought, wow, I've got to try. So I got hold of a mutual friend who knows him really well. He said, yeah, I'll do the intro. Two days later, I check in and yeah, not happening. It's not get fucked, said my mate, but it might as well be because he didn't reply. And with the episodes that got binned on this trip, I think the problem is that they basically don't know what it is. So what they see is some annoying English guy with 6,000 Instagram followers. I'm not going to apologize for that, by the way. I've never advertised and I don't spam the algorithm. So go figure. Hassling them to spend some like, you know, carefully allotted time to come and talk to me. You know, it's a hassle. The fact is that most guests are booked on recommendations through friends of friends so what's the solution? We well, you know what I'm going to say, right? I mean, I know there are literally tens of thousands of people listening to this thing every month because I do get that info. And when John Weaver messaged after last week's episode went live, went live, he was all like, fucking hell, a lot of people listen to this thing. I've never had so many messages. How many people do you think shared this episode with John Weaver? About four. It's not a great hit rate, is it? Let's be honest. And the thing is, most of the messages that I do get from people that like the show are all like, man it's great, thanks for doing it, and it's free, please don't stop, please keep doing it, you know, really encouraging, which is nice, but how about you share the fucking thing and help me keep it going then, so next time I'm in this echo and try to bag that Parco chat, he's all like, well, Jesus, you know, quit looking on Instagram, wow, this guy's got a lot of followers and appears to be quite a big deal that I should probably be doing, even following me on Instagram would help. I think 10,000 would look a lot better than 6,000. And some of the fuckwits, they've got a lot of followers out there. I mean, Jesus. It's not like it's a hassle either, is it? I mean, you could do it right now while you listen to this, right? Maybe the Asahi has kicked in a bit more effectively than I thought. This appears to be turning into a rant. But my point is, I haven't said this for a while. If you are enjoying the show and do want me to keep it going, as everybody so earnestly says, give it a share or follow me on Instagram even leave me a review on iTunes. It really does help. So yeah, on that ranting bombshell, I'm off for some yakitori in town. Um, Might do a few more emails, see if I can snag a few more guests. Otherwise, there's not going to be an episode next week. Big thanks for listening. Um, And hopefully I'll see you next week if I can arrange another episode. Nice one. <laughs>